0: that podcast back after a few week break it's been a busy time for well lexi i've just been doing, badly. But, um, <laughs> it's doing well and we're gonna we're gonna start off we have got a very well it's quite sad guys let's got quite a tragic story about ed sheeran um, oh i do it's not,
1: it's not i something. do Well, the link to this is that in a minute, I'm going to ask Isaac about some of his music situation. And I was trying to think of a similar music story. And then I remembered that over the weekend, I found out that um, someone had got tickets, four tickets to Ed Sheeran on a Sunday in June. And I was able to have one of those tickets if I wanted. And it would have been, it would have been basically like a gift to me, you know, and Ed Sheeran, I wouldn't say I'm a, I am don't hugely follow particular artists, but I'm a fan of Ed Sheeran. I know his stuff, some of it. you has got some great um,
0: songs out there. Let's
1: be some bangers, And like, when the opportunity to see Ed Sheeran in concert comes up, you take the opportunity.
0: Hmm.
1: Sadly, the opportunity falls on, as I said, a Sunday in Manchester. And I am actually working in London for the month of June. And I can't get from Manchester at like 11.30 p.m. to London for probably 8 a.m in the time without losing out on sleep and ugh, maybe I'm just not committed um but sadly the the opportunity passed me by um and I think that place has now been filled so if anyone's listening I'm afraid there is no longer a
0: ticket going um inside access to Ed Sheeran's concerts that's quite sad yeah
1: yeah it really is but on to slightly more positive music things Isaac mm-hmm. tell me about your Spotify experience recently what's going on
0: so I've always had an account, and to be honest, I've been one of those people. I've I've never bothered to make my own playlists. I just I listen to others. I listen. I would search a song I wanted to listen to it or a few and put them in the queue. But last night had a bit of me time, and I was like, okay, let's make some playlists. So I've gone and just made like eight, and each one's a vibe, in my opinion. Um, go and check it out. Isaac Price. Wow. I I don't think people people don't know. We're doing this on Zoom and my jaw was dropped at the prospect
1: of not creating your own playlist. I feel like others will do as well. Quite
0: radical, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Mm. We've got playlists now.
1: Yeah. And what is your best named playlist and your favorite description of the playlist?
0: Um so one, I've got my mum and dad passed a vibe check. And the description is tunes the rents know and love, and now I do too. Oh,
1: that's strong.
0: Oh, that so good, I, know, I was like, that's the best pop title playlist I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to put That, <laughs>
1: that <bust>. <laughs> <my>. <laughs> And what songs <laughs> does it have on it? What kind It's of,
0: very what sort I of sort just it? every sort of parent would know the song. Okay. Like that's sort of, I would say, what, 70s, 80s era. Or all like those songs maybe like from the 60s where like your parents grew up a bit like in their twenties, this and back, you know, in time.
1: Oh can can I have an example I can't think
0: of. So you've got um, some like Joe you know, Madness. Oh
1: yeah, 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 you
0: know, yeah. Madness, you know, a bit like Johnny Cash.
1: Yes. Got, yeah,
0: yes, Beatles, John Lennon.
1: Oh, got you. So you've got
0: people you've got uh, uh Brian Adams, Lionel Richie I mean oh, yeah. some okay. some top. That's top, top. strong. That's strong and that that music is honestly the best
1: obviously well i'm so pleased that you have discovered the function of of creating playlists and uh, i feel like you're <laughs> suddenly going to go from zero to a hundred yeah. on the playlist in real fast
0: yeah it's going to be a lot. we'll come back <laughs> next time and i'll be all over it but
1: yeah we can have a playlist to start the podcast with <laughs>
0: yeah, to be my music <laughs> um but enough about our playlist and our sharing tragedy yeah. We're going now to listen to the finale of Roof, looking at the Roof chapter four. See
1: you there. So today we are looking at Ruth chapter four. And if we go back to Ruth chapter three and kind of look at the run up into this, we've been left on a slight cliffhanger whereby um, Boaz has been like, yeah, I'd love to take you as my wife, but there's another guardian redeemer. So there's someone who is closer uh, in the family who has the right to take you and your property kind of in that guardian redeemer role. And we're left with Boaz saying, okay, we'll work it out tomorrow. And you know, it'll all be resolved tomorrow. So bring on chapter four and um, Boaz has arranged this meeting um, with the other guardian redeemer and it's on the outskirts of the town which when we were kind of doing a bit of research about we realised that that, it's almost like the old-fashioned kind of council like their or their judge or their court so that's that's where that meeting took place so just on the outskirts of town and um, Boaz and this guy who isn't even named this other guardian redeemer and Boaz tells him uh, in in verse three Naomi who has come back from Moab is selling the piece of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech I thought I should bring the max to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in my presence um and the guy says like yes I'll take it um I will redeem it in chapter uh, in verse four and obviously um this is not the dream for Ruth or Naomi um But then Boaz comes up with a bit of a curveball in chapter five and says, but on the day that you buy the land from Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the dead man's widow. Um, And at this point, the other guardian redeemer is like, oh, my goodness, I cannot do that. He says, I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. He's basically like, I can't, I can't take home another wife. He's probably already got a wife and he's already probably got sons and he can't split his inheritance with more children without it being super complicated. Anyway, so we move on and Boaz um, is able to to redeem um, Ruth and they get married Um, and so it kind of, it it ends happily but then um, God blesses them uh, by giving them a son. Um, So yeah, Naomi then takes care of this child uh, and they name him Obed and uh, in in verse 17, sorry, it said he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And then in the very last kind of one, two, three, four, five verses, of or four verses of the chapter, we just see a bit about the genealogy of David, um, where it says that Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aram, Ar, Aminadab, they always have funny names in the Bible, <laughs> um, et etc. etc. cetera. Et cetera. Simon the father of Boaz, Boaz the father of Obed, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David. Um, and that is how the entire story ends. So um, in the words of a, a youth talk that we were doing the other day, from ruin
0: to restoration, oh man come on that was that was a great summary actually i was absorbing all that in letting you do that (laughs) that was great but no it's um yeah it's really interesting passage because it almost just concludes the story and it ends on this really great bit but before we get there i think just yeah and going back to obviously maybe the start of it when it's Boaz and this other guardian redeemer talking out at the city gates what's really interesting is as beraz's character in this whole thing so obviously he knows about ruth he knows about marrying and moabites And that still doesn't bother him. But obviously what we can see in in, in a normal, a normal person in the Hebrew Israelite world, they'd be like, no, definitely not. I can't, I can't marry Ruth. It just um, wouldn't work. It would affect my estate. They might, like you said, they might already have sons and splitting the inheritance back then would be extremely complicated. But that doesn't affect Boaz. It doesn't affect him at all. It doesn't affect his character. And he's still willing to take on the task of um, marrying Ruth. And he's doing it out of act of love, not of, an act of a duty but he does because he actually loves this person
1: yeah for sure it's definitely the picture of, of what good marriage should be where you love the person and you want the person
0: yeah so before obviously we're recording to talking about how we can approach it and I think what this chapter is designed in the way it ends on this amazing thing where we can see how God has worked this amazing big story in the life of Naomi Generally, the literal design of this book is actually stunning when you look at it. So, yeah, so we see at the beginning of the story, you know, Ruth was loyal to Naomi. And then we see at the end of the story, Boaz is still being loyal um, to Ruth and Naomi. And there's um, lots of symmetry throughout this book when it's written. When we see the story ends, obviously, with this reversal from chapter one, as I just mentioned, Yeah, it it deals with, in chapter one, we had the death of the husband, the death of sons, Naomi's lost everything. And now it ends with a new son giving this love, this amazing joy to Naomi. And this symmetry has happened throughout the whole book. So, yes, yeah, so if you look at chapter two and three, obviously the middle chapters, you know, each chapter starts with Ruth and Naomi making a plan for their future. And then in between those chapters, that's followed by this, you know, it just so happens they bump into Baraz. Like, it's not by chance, it's totally God, but God's not even sort of mentioned in that aspect. But it's God working in the silence and then it ends with Ruth and Naomi just being overwhelmed with joy and it's been like yes let's go obviously chapter two ends with oh they're going to meet Boaz at the Threshing Fields and obviously chapter three ends with oh are we going to possibly marry Boaz and it's just really beautifully and designed the way where God is working in those oh it just so happened that they end up meeting Boaz and I think where in our lives is it a case of it seems like nothing's going on God's not mentioned but he's completely working in every situation and this is what this book really shows this is how God is totally over every aspect of them and brings restoration for Naomi through these characters of Ruth and Boaz
1: yeah absolutely I've got a note in my bible saying at all times the greatest story is being told and it's like yeah at all times even when we can't see it God is is weaving in our lives and is working in our lives um to create something kind of useful, ultimately, even if at the time we can't see it.
0: Mm. And the the narrator of this book, whoever wrote it, you know, he mentions God very little. Um, The characters talk about God here in Elsie, Naomi talks about him at the start. There was a stage in the book where God just showed up and just forced himself into a situation. And what's so amazing is it looks at this idea of... So this, this whole story looks at the interconnections of God's purposes, will with the human's decisions and will. Also, wow. look at where humanity has their own decisions, they do their own thing, that's how God can interwine, interween in all those things.
1: Yeah, that's
0: brilliant. God brings all the heartbreaks together and he uses faithful people such as Naomi. Obviously, at the very start of the story, remember, Naomi went back to Israel at the start of the story as an act of faith to God. Um, And God used her faithfulness, used the faithfulness of Ruth, the faithfulness of Boaz to connect everything. And obviously he used the story. And when we look at the genealogy, and this is like the crucial part of the book, you know, it leads to Jesus. Without Ruth, Naomi and Boaz being faithful and God working in their own free will, their own free ideas and their desires, God has sort of intertwined everything for his glory, which leads to Jesus, Um, which is so cool. Is actually- it's
1: actually that's brilliant. I love how had um Naomi and Ruth not gone back to Bethlehem at the beginning, then Jesus, and because of the genealogy, that meant that Jesus or Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem for the census, and that's why Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And it's so cool, and you can see cool. the, the the origins of something, and then like the prophecy, then at the pro- what are they called? Pro and then the prophets then foretold of jesus being born in bethlehem and and this is why um and then it it happens i just i just love it it's like the supernatural combining with natural oh it's brilliant
0: yeah and it's like almost like these mundane stories because if you take the geology out you would say oh it's a tragic event and some goodness has come out of it but it's actually how god uses our mundane mundane stories for his glory and his purpose And I just think for us, I think the big question I've got now of Ruth really reading it properly is how we can see God is working in our maybe our heartbrokenness, our tragicness, or like the mundane things of everyday life where you think, oh, what's going on? I'm still stuck here. I'm still doing this. Nothing's really happening. But these stories actually are really there to encourage us. And it's when we actually trust God fully and faithfully, we can see later on in our lives where he's worked.
1: For sure. I think it's sometimes so much easier said than done. But actually, when you've got the Bible and you can see where it's happened before in people's lives, it does make it easier to, to imagine that Jesus or God might be working in your life at that time. And then hopefully you can look back on it in, in years to come and be like, oh, yeah, there he was.
0: Mm, precisely. And I think that's such an encouragement.
1: I think another great thing that we can pick out from the book is well so much of the old testament points toward jesus and i think that the same can be said in ruth um and i think especially you can see that with boaz because just as boaz was ruth's um, redeemer i think this just points towards jesus being our redeemer um and in levitican law it says that the the guardian redeemer um, which was boaz's role uh they are to buy a fellow israelite Israelites out of slavery they're to save the land that has been taken and they're to marry a childless widow to redeem them amongst a few other things and when Jesus comes um a couple of years later um he defeats death he brings us out of slavery he saves the earth um, he's motivated by love for us and he ultimately redeems us and I think that Jesus is our redeemer just as Boaz is Ruth's redeemer except Jesus redeems everyone Regardless of of clan or whatever it might be, um, and yeah, I just I like how we see it in a human flawed form. We can only imagine how good Jesus must be in comparison to Boaz. Boaz the Babe, as he's been known, Jesus is like is exponentially greater, it. It. and and Boaz seems pretty cool.
0: That's such a cool point. Oh, I think the Bible is great when you just. Gets to read really it and ah. understand it, and I think yeah, exactly what you're saying, Lexi. How, if we can almost look at the story of, um, we're Ruth, but as is Jesus, and just look at that, and actually how they, the symmetry between those two characters and what they do, obviously Jesus to another ex- exponential level. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, it's so cool. So so. It
1: is. I feel like there are so many Easter eggs throughout it, and then you just well, I know that I haven't noticed many, many, many of them before, and then you look at things in more detail, and you're like, oh wow, hello there.
0: (laughs) Precisely, and I think even just at the very start, looking at Naomi's reaction, obviously she thinks God has brought the tragedy onto her, and actually the tragedy is, I think sometimes brutally sometimes life like we go through these things we don't exactly know why but God's actually there to restore her um and things like that in our lives we can quite easily just turn on God when things aren't going our way or when tragedy does unfortunately happen to us but it's the fact that God's actually constantly trying to I think as I was saying inter intercede with our own desires and will and what we want to benefit us yeah um and I think just you know sort of ends it's a bit of a short and snappy, but it packs a punch. What we we're saying. What's <laughs> sort <of> one point? <laughs> um, what's one point, Lexi, which you can sort of take away from Ruth as a whole?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um- I think I've actually got it again written in my Bible at the top of of the chapter and it says God's working in the silence of our lives and I think that sometimes it can really feel like either not much is going on or we're not hearing from God or he just isn't involved with us or he doesn't want to be involved or whatever it might be but actually as we've been saying um so far in this podcast we do see that God his hand is always at work in our lives and he is always there even if we kind of humane from a human perspective don't see it um and i just think yeah god's working in the silence of our lives is a really encouraging thing to remember and quite reassuring as well otherwise um i would be a bit perturbed if if god was only ever there if i felt him (laughs) which thankfully we know to not be the case
0: oh man that's a great point what about you i think for me i think taking Boaz's character obviously in the in the ancient Hebrew world and how we can sort of translate it to this world I think it's just the the idea of really trying to practice the way of Jesus I think Boaz is so faithful to the Torah like following the Levitican law and how obviously in our modern day how we can sort of translate that to us and I think it's is for us just to really follow the, the ways of Jesus and the practices of Jesus and that outpouring of doing those practices will outpour love faithfulness forgiveness generosity hospitality, all these things, which Jesus practices onto other people. So I think just taking away, trying to be a, a character of Boaz and actually looking at us actually, we need to be so much more like Jesus. And actually that's a, a whole life journey. It's not like something is going to happen in a week's time. These, you know, the practices which happen all over our life, but I think that's the aim and that's the goal. And that's what we're cool for.
1: Yeah. Gosh, what a great way to end this book.
0: Oh, wow. I actually loved it. What? A-
1: yeah. I think Ruth's been, it's been quite the journey, um, there's been many a challenge as we have seen.
0: Yeah, indeed, it's not been easy but I think sometimes that's what it's like reading the Bible, sometimes it's a bit difficult but in the end we see what God's up to.
1: Yeah exactly and I think we've also posed many challenges throughout <laughs> or where right. we felt that God has challenged us.
0: Exactly and Boaz himself is a challenge half, so that hasn't helped yeah. at all
1: but
0: yeah. not, oh, it's not too bad to have a challenge here and there
1: exactly and but, we'll see what the next the next bit of the bible holds
0: precisely that is that's roof i hope you enjoyed it i hope it i hope it blesses and encourages you
1: yeah absolutely and until next time um be blessed have great weeks and fingers crossed we can enjoy the sunshine
0: amen see ya
1: bye